0: Chapter Twenty Four. It was so warm in the leather hut that Ilsi needed to hum a soft cooling spell. She created a gentle and relieving breeze that consistently blew on the back of her neck and other areas like the crook of her elbows and knees. Reshma seemed fairly accustomed to sporting beads of sweat but not feeling the heat. Ilsi looked at all the figures around her and how they relaxed. While Reshma and Ilsi were sitting with their legs crossed, everyone around them lounged very close to each other in various poses. The younger creatures, almost as tall as Ilse, cuddled so close to their mothers that they were almost like extra appendages. The mothers themselves were either grooming their young ones or themselves. In general, they squatted on their hind legs or lay on their sides with their tails curled around them, very much like normal felines. Ilse, annoyed that everyone decided to cramp up against her instead of spread out, finally asked, So, how did your clan come to be... Beast Teacher? Her question startled just about all those present. It was as if they were never introduced to noise before. The thickest one, the one with white whiskers on his chin, looked at her and heard that the question was directed at him. He didn't appear decrepit or aged, but he seemed to be the oldest in the group. "'Saki has told you of my role. Everyone here is not of the same family, you know,' he answered. "'We were once prisoners, yet now we are family.' "'Prisoners?' Reshma asked. "'Of whom?' The ones who call upon the skies to threaten other creatures, came the reply. Ah, the Ilderums. A big surprise, Ilse thought. At one point or another, the old feline continued sluggishly, Each of us was a captive. It's what we have in common. Did they capture you because you're good hunters? Reshma asked. She assumed these creatures would be fairly useful as spies or warriors of chain to Althod's cause. He shook his head. When they first captured us, we were humans, Beast Teacher replied. It's a life that most of us don't remember and we try to forget. You see, the forest changed our form. They're half-breeds, Ilsi thought, frightened at the thought. A curious notion, I'm sure, the cat nodded. The others pretended not to pay attention, but Ilsi could feel a lot of eyes watching her to gauge her reaction. All we know is this. There are some strange beasts that hide and hunt in these trees. I remember. One of them attacked me. I attempted escape and one of them found me before the captor did. The thing almost killed me. When I awoke, I was no longer a man, but part beast. Ilse and Resma looked back in awe. It was a blessing. I would rather be a beast than a slave. That creature gave me the strength and agility to kill my captors. The old cat sighed. We offer that same gift to anyone who wishes it. Ilsi and Rashma looked around, uneasy. Ilsi said, Oh, you mean us? We're fine as humans, thanks. We have our own gifts. She hoped it was a gift of free will. The idea of all of them pouncing on them made her grow uneasy. This is a sanctuary of the lost and stolen, Beast Teacher continued. Everyone has escaped by shedding their human flesh in exchange for fur and claws. We will do whatever it takes to protect anyone here from those men and women who think to take control of us. Does that answer your question, young one? Much to Ilsi's discomfort, they stayed with the cat creatures for a week. They didn't do much, except help with the hunting. Ilsi wasn't sure why they were invited, since the half-breeds were the better hunters. Much like regular street cats, they were able to pass through the forest without so much as a sound or any tools to guide them. Too often, she lost sight of them during such hunts. Ilse hated the thought of being separated from the hunting party and being lost. The forest had its usual charm of lacking obvious landmarks. How can you be so good at hunting with only a small dagger? Reshma said to Saki. Saki grinned as she flashed her sharp claws. Ilse flinched at the sound of her retracting claws, and with a swish of Saki's tail, they were off. When Ilse thought of the expansive forest that she now realized connected to every city like the center of a spider web, she wondered if it was an advantage to hide. After all, she had been lost in the forest with Reshma before. If the half-breeds knew their way around the forest, wouldn't that give her the upper hand? Or did the Ilderims know their way around the trees too? Because of this dilemma, she wasn't sure whether she should be on her guard or not. Saki then motioned for them to be silent. Ilse crept quietly behind Saki as she crouched down close to the ground. I wonder what she's hearing, Ilsi thought. Suddenly, Saki pounced. Ilsi leaped behind her, bow and arrow poised and ready to back her up. What she found through the bushes was startling. Saki was struggling to stab a young man. He had black hair and was soaked with sweat, his arm quaking mightily as he attempted to force the blade away from his chest. He was just a young man and clearly not an equal for the large cat creature. He wore a faded, worn Yildirim insignia, and Ilse almost let her arrow go, but paused when she saw his face. ''No! Stop!'' Ilse said. Saki, who still had her dagger poised, whirled around to look at her. The young man kept his focus on the dagger, pushing it back. From her crouched position over him, Saki stood up, holding the boy aloft by the scruff of his neck. He winced sharply as his toes lifted slightly off the ground. ''Why do you tell me to stop? He is hunting us!'' She snarled, pointing at his Yelderim emblem with her blade. "'No!' Ilsi said softly. "'Not in that way!' She got a good look at his face and knew it was the young man they saw earlier. Tyke. She couldn't bring herself to kill someone who was or could look like her best friend from home. Saki stood back, appalled. She loosened her grip on the young man, and he fell to his knees. He was panting heavily, and they all stood there, not knowing what to do next.' Reshma finally caught up with them, only to find Ilsi and the boy in his Yeldrum uniform. "'Ilsi, it's one of them! Stand back!' Reshma said, poising an arrow. But Ilsi stopped her by putting her hand on the bow shaft. Reshma was just as shocked as Saki, if not more so. "'No, Reshma!' Ilsi said, looking at the boy. "'It's the one who looks like Tyke. Let him talk for himself first. We can at least take this amulet off.' They all stood back as Saki loosened her grip and the boy clutched his abdomen and vomited. ''Well, that's quite the hairball,'' Saki said, amused. Tyke simply collapsed on the ground and passed out. Ilse ran and knelt by his side. ''Ilsie, he's on the side that likes to kidnap people like my parents,'' Reshma said. ''Some of these people are on their side because they want to. We should have gotten rid of him the last time he attacked us. I'll do it.'' She clenched a dagger and held it poised. ''That's not fair,'' Ilse said sharply, making a point to stand directly in the way of the blade. We'll question him. He must know where they keep their prisoners or where they train them. Ask him everything you can think of, and if he doesn't prove useful, then I won't stand in the way again. Ilse's lips formed a determined, hard line, even though she hated what came out of her mouth. Reshma sighed and sheathed her dagger. Without a word, she turned and headed towards the others. You wish to help your enemy? Saki asked, surprised as well. You're not a very good hunter, and you're certainly not a smart prey. Please, I think he's someone I know, Ilsie said. I just need to know he's the same friend I used to know.